After including tight end Noah Fant in a trade to the Seattle Seahawks to acquire Russell Wilson, how will the Denver Broncos address tight end going into the 2022 NFL season? We ponder some in-house options. We look at the free agency market and much more in the NFL draft in the later rounds. Who could be a good fit for the Broncos? You get that and much more in today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, joined alongside by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making this podcast your first listen of the day every single day because five days a week, all year long, both Sarah Bettinger and myself, we have you covered because for the true Broncos fans, there is never an offseason. We have a lot to break down on today's episode of the show. You can get this podcast free and available everywhere you get your podcasts in audio format. You can watch us in 4K high definition here on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on notifications so you never miss out on a day's worth of Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage. Sarah, my friend, hey, a lot of questions. You know, the excitement of the Russell Wilson trade still lingers on in Broncos country, rightfully so. But lost in the mix of it and all the excitement, the Broncos do now have a little bit of a, an issue at tight end in terms of depth now, considering that Noah Fant was included in that trade package. So how do the Broncos address tight end after the Noah Fant trade? We have a lot to look into here today, my friend. We do. We do, Cody. I mean, obviously, when you know, when we were talking about hypothetical trade situations, the idea that Noah Fant could be included in any one of these quarterback trades had been brought up. So it's not like, you know, we never considered it as a possibility. So here we're not surprised necessarily, but man, it does leave a, a void behind. I think obviously a lot of Broncos fans are going to turn their attention right away to number 85, Albert Okuebunam, you know, the, the, the third year guy at this point now out of Missouri who's, you know, had a, a bit of an up and down start to his NFL career, some really untimely drops and some really some, you know, I, I don't know necessarily if confidence boosting film is exactly what I would call it. But man, I mean, the opportunity is certainly there. I mean, he's the first guy right now in line as as far as free agency hasn't happened yet. Alberto Kuebanam right now gets at least a tentative penciled in boost to tight end one. I think it's an interesting angle to follow too, because you know I, I see a lot of comments too on you know here on YouTube. We've had some interactions, some tweets from Broncos fans saying Alberto is better than Noel Fan. You know this was the right move there. I, I don't know if that would, could be actually said yet here, because look, you know I think for both Alberto and Noel Fan. And Pat Shermer's offense, they were misutilized. I mean, it's plain plain as day. But there are things about Albert O that do, I, I think, give Broncos country a little bit of hope here. I think that there's a lot of potential for him to be had. There's obviously a lot of room for growth for him, too. Where does he help the Denver Broncos here? Well, you know, I'll tell you what. One thing we did see in the offense last year for Albert O, the short routes. I mean, obviously some quick fake the handoff to the tailback, dump out to the flat to Albert O, and let him get yards after the catch. I mean, there was even that one play against the Philadelphia Eagles where Teddy Bridgewater thread the needle to him and he just ran downfield for, I believe, 66 yards. He's got the potential to do a lot of damage as a yard after the catch type guy, which I know that you and I hope that the Broncos have tried to get their tight ends a little bit more involved with yards after the catch. Alberto was an example of just that here. But, you know, in terms of consistency, Sarah, what have been the questions, the concerns about him? You mentioned it. 
some of the drops that he's had in his career. I mean, there's been times where the Broncos, and especially going back to last year, relied on him in a couple of big moments, and he dropped the pass. I mean, going to the Baltimore Ravens, he had a touchdown in his hands in coverage down the right sideline against the Ravens defense that would have given the Broncos all the momentum possible to jump up on the Ravens early on rather than having to settle for a field goal or even settling for a punt. There were several situations where he did have a couple of moments where he let the Broncos down in terms of being the on the field and dropping the ball there. So he has room to grow as an offensive player. But, you know, that's the cool thing about this, though. He's a young player here, sir. And right now, he's as you mentioned, he just got the boost up to tight end one right now. Will he stay at tight end one, though, entering this season? I think is a really big question here for this Broncos team. And the question also, too, can he stay healthy? I mean, this is a guy that's been battling injuries. Obviously, for him, he suffered the season-ending one in his rookie season, the torn ACL against the Atlanta Falcons in a non-contact injury. Then he got banged up a little bit, you know, dealt with a little bit of a knee injury, some ankle stuff last season. Didn't really miss too much time. But the question is, if you're going to have a tight end one, if you're going to be a tight end one, your team needs to be able to rely on you. And I think Alberto can grow into that role, but I think it would be very naive of us to say that, hey, he is tight end one automatically based on default and because you know he's going to be the penciled-in guy here week one. I think Denver will still probably look to make some moves here in the free NC market. In your opinion, Sarah, can the Broncos rely on him as a tight end one potentially? Well, I think his situation, just even as we're sitting here talking about this, Cody, uh, all the all the different things that you just brought up, you know, kind of the issues with maybe some durability or inconsistency over his first couple of years, sort of being an unknown going into year three. Doesn't this really parallel a lot the situation that Julius Thomas was in when Peyton Manning yeah. arrived in Denver? I mean, it's a little bit different because Julius missed that very first season with with Peyton in 2012. But he came out in 2013 and like, and I'm sitting back drafting him in the late rounds of my fantasy draft. I'm like, y'all don't even know. Julius Thomas is about to absolutely <laughs> explode in the NFL this season. We got Peyton Manning. He's healthy. I mean, th- there's a lot of parallels that you could draw there. So like from the most optimistic viewpoint is is Albert Okwebunam Julius Thomas 2.0 in that he's going to just absolutely explode with a competent quarterback under center, a star quarterback under center now for the Denver Broncos. It's exciting that we get to have these conversations. But from a roster-building perspective, look, you've got to understand now you got an ACL injury that he's not that far removed from, right? And at the same time, you've also got 17 games plus playoffs on the docket. So are you going to really go into an NFL regular season with Alberto as the unquestioned tight end one and then bring in maybe some rookie, which we'll talk about some rookie options later, but are, is that going to be your entire tight end room? Is that how you're going to kind of utilize the budget? If so, we'll give it a shot. I mean, I would be willing to give that a shot, yeah. absolutely. But at the same time, I think there's so many upgrades to be had over Alberto at this point that he might be best served in that tight end two role where, hey, something happens to the veteran that you bring in, then he can come in and be your tight end one and feel good about knowing that you did everything you could to fortify the position. And I want to be very clear here too. I, you know, Sarah and I are both really excited about the potential that Alberto has. I don't want it to seem like we're bashing Alberto in any way, shape, or form. We're just talking about there's things in his game that he obviously needs to continue to to grow and improve and build on. And there's things that he does really well already. You know, I, I'm excited to see his potential growth in the trajectory. And not to mention he'll be featured in an offense. Now the scheme will be predicated to be more friendly to the tight end position this year. So a lot of options here. But as you mentioned, there could be some upgrades there on the free agency market at tight 
tight end. Who could that be, and what options could the Broncos look at in free agency? We get to that coming up here in just a moment, but before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is your good friends over there, betonline.net. And football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam with both college and pro hoops ongoing, as is. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs, plus free agency lines as well and early 2022 lines at betonline.net. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and information this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Sarah, as we jump into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, a mile-high salute here to all members in Broncos country that are listening to this video, listening to this podcast right now. If you're watching us here on YouTube, it would mean the world to both Sarah and I. If you would hit the thumbs up and the like button here on YouTube, and if you would comment for the algorithm, your support means the world to us. It helps us grow even further across Broncos country. And if you want to share this podcast, whether it's the audio or the YouTube video with somebody that you know that's a Broncos fan that doesn't know about this podcast yet, it would mean the world to Sarah and I continuously here on the show. Sarah, continue our conversation on today's episode of the show. How did the Broncos address tight end after trading away Noah Fant? We looked at Albert Okwebunam as a potential number one tight end option here, but now we got to take a look at the free agency market here, and there's some intriguing options that are available, and we talk about veteran guys, and now that you have a veteran franchise quarterback on the roster, Russell Wilson, you can't help but think that there's some big guys out there that want to play for a championship that are maybe towards the ends of their careers that can still contribute. We're talking about Red Zone Robbie G, who just a couple years ago won a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's been no decision made on his future just yet. I think he's pondering things. He's brought up Cincinnati. He's brought up the Los Angeles Chargers as a potential team. Now the Broncos might be a little bit of a destination here for Rob Gronkowski, obviously, who's got a lot of respect here for Russell Wilson. And there's another veteran guy as well. You know, Give me your thoughts on these two veteran guys that you're going to bring up. Absolutely. Well, Rob Gronkowski is, is one of them for sure, Cody. And to me, I mean, I just maybe I just have such a high respect for Gronkowski, but I feel like he's the best tight end available. I feel like he's arguably the best tight end that I've ever watched play as far as like my I mean, I've been alive for almost 33 years at this point. I think Rob Gronkowski is tops for me in terms of just yeah. being the most well-rounded and potentially just dominant guy at the position. So I would love to get him in Denver. I think it would be awesome. It would complete the trio of Gronk brothers in the NFL, right, that have played for the Broncos or at least made an appearance, uh, had a cup of coffee with the Broncos. Remember Dan and Chris came and yep. played for the Broncos at one point. So it would be cool to see Rob come. Zach Ertz is another option, too, and then the high-end veteran market. I think Ertz, I feel like he's kind of penciled into the Jacksonville Jaguars at this point, Cody, with Doug Peterson. Really, they, they have a desperate tight end need there as well. And I think, obviously, he's got his ring now. Now you go do a solid and make a bunch of money with Jacksonville, help Trevor Lawrence develop. So I think those two guys, there's there's so many different options that you could look at, right? I mean, Gronk could go play for Buffalo and play like basically right in his backyard. But to me, I mean, he does make quite a bit of sense for the Denver Broncos as well. Now there's a tight end one void, Gronkowski. And number 87 is available, Cody. So, I mean, hey, it's all working out to potentially to potentially go down. 
No, you know, looking at that option too, I mean, it it does make sense, right? Because Rob has been signing these one-year contract deals, and obviously he's got these incentives there, but Russell Wilson is a quarterback that can get him the ball, and it just gives the Broncos another added weapon that can just spread the field. I mean, when you talk about Cortland and Tim and Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler, you add in a guy like Rob Gronkowski, all of a sudden the Broncos become a red zone wet dream, I think, for anybody <laughs> that is watching. If you're a fantasy football manager, you're going to be like, yeah, you got to go with the Broncos options this year I've been trying to orchestrate a trade with Romy Bean as well she's got Russell Wilson on in our league and I'm trying to trade some assets I might give up Ezekiel Elliott I might even get off Aaron Rodgers and a couple of picks just to be able to get Russ because I think that Russell Cook in a Broncos uniform very excited mm-hmm. about that but there's some other guys here on the free agency market that have a little bit more higher upside a little bit younger there too OJ Howard as we've talked about here previously on the show before we even knew any of this stuff was going to happen just about a month ago we did a, pre, a free agency preview at the tight end position to see what the Broncos would do or if there's anybody that they'd be looking at. O.J. Howard and Evan Ingram become two names that come to mind here. And Evan Ingram has now generated a little bit more interest around NFL teams, not just from the tight end position, but because he can be flexed out, split inside the slot, split up on the outside. He can play like a wide receiver. O.J. Howard is a little bit more the inline guy, in my opinion. I don't think he's going to necessarily be the guy you want to move on the outside, even though that we talked about the Broncos need to utilize a guy like Noel Fant like that. Now they could do with Albert O. They could do it with an Evan Ingram. Do you think the Broncos could look at either of these two options? I think so, really. I mean, O.J. Howard to me is a guy, and I think I've mentioned this before. I mean, he would be he would be really on top of my list or very close to the top of my list. I had him ranked in my top 10 players back in the 2017 NFL draft. I, I thought he was the total package. Then he came out for his first two years with the Buccaneers, and when he played, I mean, he was dynamic. He was really, really good for them. I think it was 24 games he played his first two seasons, so obviously – Injuries have have been a huge factor for him. But to me, the free agent pitch to any of these tight ends, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, or guys, other guys that we'll talk about is, do you want to be the tight end one for Russell Wilson? And I think a lot of a lot of guys would take a, maybe a younger players would take a one year shot on themselves. Like for O.J. Howard, whose value may not be super high right now, you might take a one year shot on that and say, look, I could go be the tight end one for Russell Wilson and really make an impact. And I think that's a strong recruiting pitch, especially if you're trying to get a guy at a discounted price. But there's other guys too, Cody, that I think there's so many tight end options with coaching ties in Denver or Russell Wilson ties. I mean, you could look at any any number of variety of options, including O.J. Howard, obviously, who uh, his his uh, former tight ends coach with the Buccaneers, Ben Steele. Remember we talked about him as his connection <laughs> yep. with Aaron Rodgers being the first guy that Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown pass. He's to a Grand Junction guy too, so he's, he's local a grand to me. J- Amen. Amen. Look at that. All the connections here. So we got the three degrees of separation down with a lot of these guys, including Mr. Cody Rourke, the host of the Lockdown Broncos podcast. So I feel like Ben Steele's connection to O.J. Howard could come into play. He's also connected to guys like Hayden Hurst. So there's that option. Gerald Everett played with Seattle last year and, and did well for Russell Wilson there. Uh, Robert Tunyon Cody from the Green Bay Packers as well. I mean, Justin Outen, the new OC in Denver, was his position coach with the Packers. So there's connections galore in this year's free agency. I don't know how the Broncos pass up 
on at least one of them. Well, yeah, and I think it's interesting to look at as well. You know, Eric Saubert as well. Could Eric return? I mean, obviously, George Payton had a lot of high praise for a guy like Saubert, what he was able to do. And even the young guys in that tight end room, even though fan Albert O said, hey, having this guy in this locker room was very good for us. Like, he is loved in that locker room by all the players on the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball. He's a reliable, consistent blocker here, which I still think that's a big portion of what the Broncos need. I would love to see Denver bring back Eric Saubert on a one to two year deal and I hope that is the case and we'll see if there's any traction on that but if the Broncos lose out on any of these potential options that we talked about here in free agency who could they look at in this year's NFL draft and and could they maybe achieve getting one of the NFL draft's best tight ends in this year's NFL draft Sarah and I we answer that question coming up here in just a moment but before we do that just got to say check out the Locked On NFL YouTube page they have consistent things from a national perspective there's been various appearances by myself Sarah Bettinger, Peter Bukowski, they go through all the storylines around the National Football League. The Locked On NFL YouTube page, especially with NFL free agency frenzy coming up. You want to get the local perspective from the local experts on the biggest stories here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Sarah, as we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Locked On Broncos, we're talking about some free agency options that maybe the organization should take a look at here. But now we have to take a look at the NFL draft. And I know a lot of members in Broncos country were wondering what the Broncos situation looks like in this year's NFL draft, but they still have around four picks in the top 115. They still have a second round pick, the back end with the Rams. And they also have enough capital, I think, on the back end if they want to give up some of that back end capital to move up for, you know, an additional third or maybe even back in around two, have a get closer up in round two, they can certainly do that. I mean, it depends on who wants that spot. I believe it's pick number 64, if I'm not mistaken here, Sarah, that the Broncos do have. If somebody wants that and they're willing to give up maybe an earlier thing to move back and acquire an additional pick, we've seen George Payton do that before in the NFL draft. The question is, I think every Broncos fan at this point is looking at Colorado State product, you know, Trey McBride, in my opinion, Sarah, I think when I look at him on tape, I think he's easily, by far, especially what we said at the NFL Scouting Combine and at the Senior Bowl, he's by far the NFL's draft's best tight end prospect coming into this year. And maybe the local ties, obviously the Colorado kid, Devers had a chance to do that before. It's really hard because where does a tight end like him go? Does he go around one? Does he go around two? Is he a round three guy? I mean, these are questions that I have no answers to at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, you watch you watch the scouting combine over last weekend and you hear guys like Daniel Jeremiah speak on this and he doesn't have any tight ends going in the first round at this point, which I think is I, I think is pretty spot on as far as where these guys are at in terms of just there's a lot of other positions that are loaded up in this draft. So tight ends are going to naturally kind of get pushed back. But also, you know, there's just a, a few things missing from each guy to say, oh, he's a surefire first round pick. I think at this point in time, to me, Trey McBride is the guy that I've spent the most time studying, Cody, and it has nothing to do with the fact I don't I mean, Colorado State, I I appreciate anybody who's a fan of Colorado State. I have no ties there. But man, you watch this guy play and I can't help but think of a guy who's near and dear to my heart, Mr. George Kittle, former Iowa Hawkeye star and what he's been able to do in the pros just dominating at the catch point. And that's that's something that I see in Trey McBride's game a lot is he, he dominates at the catch point. But maybe the, the, the biggest thing in comparison with George Kittle that's most important to me is the ability to gain yardage after the catch. And we'll continue to talk about <laughs> yardage after the catch until we're blue in the face here on this podcast. But I feel like that's an area where Trey McBride really excels 
an area that's really underrated. The fact that this guy goes, you know, full blindside on people and blocks them out of bounds in the running game as well. I mean, he is a tenacious blocker. He's tenacious after the catch, very, very physical, very aggressive when the ball is in the air. So, of course, I mean, anybody in Broncos country is going to look at, well, now we have a void at tight end. Of course, we would want the best tight end in this year's draft, Trey McBride. And I think he is that. I don't know that there's much dispute for that. I think you could argue a couple of other guys, but it's it's not a clear cut. This guy is number one and Trey McBride is clearly in the conversation at number two. He's definitely in the conversation at number one, Cody, and everybody else is kind of just in a, a jumbled, not mess behind them, but certainly just kind of a, a, a a, you know, a group of players that you might consider on day two, but that wouldn't necessarily excite you as much as a guy like Trey McBride. Well, George Payton, we do know he and the Broncos have went to CSU games and they have watched some of the prospects that are in this year's NFL draft, more than likely watching Trey McBride. I think he's really the top guy that they were looking at at CSU. And despite the opponents that they were playing, they were really looking, I think, I think it was when Nevada played Colorado State. I think they were looking at Carson Strong and they were also taking a look now at Trey McBride. They ain't got to take a look at Carson Strong anymore. They got their franchise quarterback here. So that's obviously a good thing for the Broncos in this situation. But Sarah, who are some other names here that maybe Broncos fans should keep an eye on at tight end that maybe Denver could get in the later rounds in this year's NFL draft. Well, you know, if you talk about George Payton and the staff attending a game between Colorado State and Nevada, you got to mention Cole Turner, a six foot six, two hundred forty pound wide receiver slash tight end out of Nevada. I mean, he's a big target who could obviously give you another weapon in the passing game. Are the Broncos though going to go more for a blocking type or more of a guy like you mentioned with OJ Howard, more of the inline type? Cole Turner doesn't necessarily fit that description, but really guys are more hybrids nowadays. Anyway, you got somebody like Cade Otten from Washington. Washington. A lot of Broncos fans, including our, our pal, uh, our buddy Patrick Coyote, really like him out of Washington. And he's a good player, a really good receiver who I think is going to be like a lot of these tight ends, maybe better in the pros than he was at college. Jer- uh, Ruckert from Ohio State, another guy that I think is going to be better in the pros than he was in college. And then you had a couple guys that really did well in the workouts at the scouting combine at the Maryland tight end. His name escapes me at the moment, but then you've got oh, Isaiah yeah. likely coastal Carolina, another guy who had a really great workout and Cody, you know, who cranks out tight ends on an annual basis that I think needs to be brought up is the Iowa Hawkeyes program. I mean, this every yes, single they year do. they crank out a tight end that can play in the NFL. This year's version is Sam Laporta, the tight end who had a kind of a breakout year this past year, actually. So, I mean, he's another option to me, especially if you're looking for specific fits for an offense like this. I think Iowa runs a lot of similar stuff that we're going to see. So uh, there's plenty of guys, whether it's the draft, whether it's free agency, there will be no shortage of tight end options for the Denver Broncos this offseason. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. Broncos country, we are eager for your thoughts below. Should the Broncos invest in tight end to replace where Noah Fant was at in free agency? Or should they look in the NFL draft in rounds two, three, or a little bit later on? What are your thoughts? Let us know in the comment section down below here on YouTube. Tweet us at Cody NFL at Sarah Bettinger. But that will wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos here in your favorite podcasting provider here on YouTube. Like I said, comment for the algorithm. Like the video if you loved what we had to talk about here today. Tomorrow's episode of the show, we're going to be back. We're going to be talking about what did the Denver Broncos do to address the whole left after the trade of Shelby Harris? What do they do at defensive end opposite of Draymond Jones? We're going to play the same question. Do they look in the NFL draft? Free agency? What options are out there? You get that and much more on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.